Ciao tifosi, welcome to a special edition of Raf and Raf Rant. We are not live today, but we are in studio with the lead Serie A commentator in uh, Patrick Kendrick. Patrick, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm great, thanks guys. Always nice to be here and uh, talk about Italian football and more specifically Napoli. Yes. Yes, yes. I should also mention we're here with Raf Biz. Raf, how are you doing, my man? I am doing well, sir. How are you? Good, good. And, and uh, you know, we say lead commentator in City A because, Patrick, you are uh, by far one of our favorites. Your, your, um, your voice on our TVs, are it's always great to see, uh, you know, to hear your voice and to, and to have your uh, wisdom and your knowledge uh, of the game when we're watching Napoli or any game in City A. But uh, we have you in here to talk about Napoli uh, beating Verona at the Bentegodi yesterday. Today is Monday. Um, and um, you were the you play-by-play on uh, on that match and uh, just kind of wanted to get your overall thoughts on the match. But but um, what I'm going to ask you first, Patrick, is, um, you know, there was a lot of controversy about Verona and their banner. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't necessarily a banner that was displayed in the in the stadium. I think the 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 uh, curva decided not to bring it into the stadium. Probably a wiser decision by them. Um, but it enraged a lot of, you know, not just Napolitani, but but you know, fans across the country because you know that's a little too much. You know, I think, um, and I, I'm sure you would agree. Um, but you did post a nice little video on it, you know, displaying, um, you know, the, the history of Napoli Verona and the, and the, you know, the, the, the banter back and forth. Um, but what are your, uh, overall thoughts on, on what happened there? I mean, it's, it's not a good look at all. No, I think it's completely over the top. I think it's overboard. I think it's excessive and, um, it's, it's everything that you've said, I think in the past. And, and I noticed you actually, you replied to the to the short video that I posted. And, and that's something that my, my fiance, who's from Naples, has always said. She she likes how the Neapolitans are quite classy and eloquent in the way that they've bantered with the with the Veronese in the past. You know, she always says con garbo, you know, so it's the idea that you're doing it in a funny way, but without necessarily really insulting people. You know, you're taking a Shakespearean character. Yeah, that happens to be based in Fair Verona. You know, we're talking about William Shakespeare, who's an English playwright from the 1500s, who's written a play in in Verona. You know, there's a lovely balcony there. It's a great story. You know, and, and, and they say, and, sure. and this is why I did the video on it on, on social media in the first place, because they're the stories I'd love to tell on commentary. But naturally, I can't use words like whore. Uh, you know, and, and, and that to me is, is, the, is the first word that comes to mind when I hear the Italian word zoccola. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I like to give it a little bit of a, a sort of Sopranos flavor as well. Ralph Cifaretti, you know, hua, hua, like that. <laughs> yeah. anyway, I digress. So I think as long as it stays at that sort of level, I think it's a lot of fun. And I think it does add that flavor um, to Italian football, you know, that we all know and love. Or maybe some people don't know it as much. And so it's, it's nice to get an insight into that side of the game, then it does go overboard when you see things like that. You know, for, for those who didn't see the banner 
uh, it was essentially a banner posted outside the Bentegodi um, by some of the uh, the Ellis Verona ultras, and it, and it listed the geographical coordinates of Naples. And in not so many words, it was essentially indirectly saying that Naples should be bombed, which is just absolutely abhorrent at the best of times. Um, but these are the worst of times because there is a war going on in Ukraine, lest we forget. So I thought it was really over the top. And, and I think the reason they don't display them in the stadiums anymore is, A, I think the TV channels have wised up now. They're no longer going to actually zoom in or give that any sort of coverage in the same way that they won't ever show when a streaker is running on the pitch naked, for instance. And I think, mm -hmm. B, unfortunately, the proliferation of social media now means that you can post something and it can go around the world. So they don't need to have the television cameras to get their message across. All, right. All they've done is they've posted something on social media and and everyone's sharing it. This is what I was trying to say. I was like, let's not share this image because, yes, it's right to be outraged. It's right to be scandalized. But if you share the image, then you're only actually helping them achieve their goal in the first place, which is to, to put this, this nasty message across in the first place. So unfortunately, that was a really horrible start to the whole occasion um but I'd, I'd rather focus on on the football side of things and i actually thought sure. that the host broadcaster did a really good job the zone in showing all of the uh the families that were there you saw neapolitan families there you saw veronese families families there as well um and i think that was that was more the message they were trying to get across this can still be a um a good footballing occasion and the football the football was great i thought napoli were outstanding given everything that had gone before you know verona this is a team that are really strong at home they had the fourth best attack in the league. Tudor's done a brilliant job. Uh, they'd already beaten Juventus, Lazio and Roma at home this season. And for Napoli to respond like that, um, you know, I, I don't really recall Ospina having a single save to make. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that was that great header from Farioni. So it was very different to what we've seen before um, between Verona and Napoli. You remember the the previous game last season, Lozano scoring after nine seconds and then Verona right. came roaring back to score three. We had the final day of the season when finally you break through with Rahmani, the former Ellis player, you think, okay, job done. We've got the win. We're in the Champions League. And then nine minutes later, Farioni pops up and scores. So it, it was a traumatic fixture for, for Napoli. So for them to be able to win away at Verona, because even a draw would have been essentially the same as a defeat there. You know, you're coming off the back of that defeat against Milan. You've seen Milan win the previous night to go six points clear of you, you have to win. And to do so in quite convincing fashion, I thought was really impressive. Yes, absolutely. Ralph, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, I, I guess maybe it kind of leads to my first question, um, uh, Patrick, about, about you know, it, it would seem as if Napoli should have maybe came into the stadium, maybe a little nervous, maybe a little nervy, maybe a little emotional. But instead, in my opinion, I kind of saw the opposite, where it was Verona kind of seeming nervous, a little agitated at times. They picked up a lot of fouls. I mean, they got two red cards, even though it came towards the end of the game. But they had a handful of uh, yellow cards as well. You, we saw um, Cecchinini hitting the ball out into the stands, which basically led to the goal because he, he blew the coverage. Did it seem as if Verona were a little bit more emotional on the field than, than Napoli this time around? And was Napoli more composed? Yeah, I would agree with that completely. I think... What we saw was that actually that banner the previous night probably galvanized Napoli as a whole. And I think the players decided, you know, we're going to let our football do the talking. Um, and I think, yeah, the Verona players were, were on edge right from the word go, to be honest. Yes, it took 70 minutes for us to get the first card, but then they completely imploded. 
Um, you know, you, you saw Farioni completely lose his head. Ceccherini, for my money, should have got a second yellow card because I don't care that you're clearing the ball into touch. The ball was clearly over the sideline and then he went and kicked it into the stands. Um, and actually, it's good refereeing because if he had stopped to give him a yellow card, then Ooh, Napoli would never have taken the throw in quickly. I think it was Elmas to Di Lorenzo and then, you know, really quick thinking. And actually, my colleague as well, my Italian colleague, said that basically the two Napoli goals came from the same situation, both from quick throw-ins, um, you know, in the, in the first half, I think it was Di Lorenzo to, to Politano and, and away they went. And then the second half, it was similar. Um, and Di Lorenzo, by the way, what, what a performance. I mean, he's, oh, he, play, yeah. he plays every single game. He plays 90 minutes. He gets concussion at Cagliari. He's back out there three days later. The guy is a warrior. He's absolutely unbelievable. And he's so consistent. Centre-back, left-back, right-back, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Brilliant performer at the Euro. I think, um, and just so understated and underrated. You know, he's good in the air as well. Pitches in with the odd goal. Um, I thought he was he was brilliant. I mean, Siemens obviously going to get the headlines. But um, yeah, no, I do think that the... Um, the, the, that actually helped um, galvanise the, the Napoli players, all of that stuff in the build-up to the match. And I think Verona got a bit tense after that when they saw the game was was getting away from them because they had had almost a hex over Napoli in the three previous matches when Napoli hadn't beaten them. Patrick, you mentioned the banner um, galvanising the Neapolitans and, and maybe giving them an extra you know reason to beat Verona yesterday. Um, I also want to talk about the approach Napoli took um, in that changing into the 4-3-3 from the 4-2-3-1. Uh, um, also, maybe uh, Igor Tudor's words towards Ossiman. I know you put out an, uh, something, you know, kind of debunking that as well, but I'm pretty sure uh, it, it had, you know, those words had some sort of effect on, you know, Napoli and the players there. And then, again, not, you know, just like you said, not taking anything away from Vlahovic because he deserves to be recognized as one of the best in Serie A, if not the best. Um, but, you know, a former Juventino manager, you know, someone who, you know, is also uh, from the same, I believe, same region as Vlahovic. Maybe he's going to give mm -hmm. him the edge, the slight edge on Osimhen there. But sort of kind of saying, you know, nine times out of ten, I pick Vlahovic over Osimhen. But then here's Osimhen with his two goals. But I feel like... I don't. I don't want to bring that up without bringing up, like I said, the the change in formation. Um, in my opinion, and you know, we'll give our opinion, Ralph and I, on our live show tonight on on uh, on um, you know on Monday night for Ralph and Ralph rant. But um, it, it, do you think that Osimhen's two goals and the change of the approach has has something to do with Osimhen being more? Uh, available in the middle of the bo of the box, um, maybe the wingers having a better opportunity to play on the wing. What's your take on the 4-3-3 from the previous formation against Milan, say? Yeah, no, I think you make a really good point because obviously I think that the rationale behind it was to try and give Zielinski a bit of a rest. He's been looking jaded, a little bit tired recently. And that's understandable. You know, he plays at a very high level week in, week out. And, and occasionally players just need a bit of a breather. Spalletti said in his post-match comments, you know, he was trying to debunk, you know, you correctly use use the verb there, he was trying to debunk this notion that suddenly Zielinski had been dropped. He was like, no, he just needed a rest. It was all part of the plan. He'll be back on form come our next game, um, home to Udinese, incidentally. And um, I think the 4-3-3 really, really helped. I think it gets the best out of Zombongisa, who is nice to see him for the first time starting a game this calendar year. And it also does help Osiman, as you said, because you have those wingers a little bit higher. Because with a 4-2-3-1, you've got two sitters and then you have those three players that are playing 
trying to play between the lines. And then you have Osimhen. And at times we've seen him isolated. We saw that against Milan, where he oh, was yeah. almost 30 yards ahead of all of his colleagues there. And mm-hmm. and because of the, the the characteristics of some of those players, when it is Zielinski and when it is Insigne, they're very good on the ball, but occasionally they don't have the same dynamism. They're not as maybe direct as Politano. I thought Politano had a great game. And it's a credit to him that he doesn't necessarily always need to cut inside. You know, we saw him go on the outside and cross the ball really well with his weaker foot with his right for that for that opening goal. And we've seen three times recently just how good Osimhen is in the air. You know, we saw him score a header at Venezia, we saw him score a header at Cagliari, and now in Verona. And I think they need to make make more of that, to be honest. And, and I think those are exactly the sort of crosses you, de- you need. You don't need to whip the ball into him. He's so good in the air. He times his jumps so well. I was talking to my co-commentator, Massimo Paganini, and he said, I, I don't remember seeing a player attack the ball as well as Osimhen, the way he hangs in the air, the way he gets up early. And so I think there's a lot to be said for that, whether it's Lozano uh, on, or Elmas, whoever it may be on the other side, Politano on, on the near side, the right side. I think they really need to try and make the most of that. And I think 4-3-3 could be a good option going forward. But if I was Spalletti, and again, I'm not, and I don't get paid like he does to make these calls. <laughs> Neither but do we. I think it, it might be a good idea to, to mix and match, almost based on the opposition. I know there are a number of coaches yes. that say, no, we, we want to play our game. We're not going to adapt for the opposition. I think that can occasionally be a bit churlish and a bit naive. But yeah, I was I was really impressed with the shape, the way Napoli played. And um, if that gets the best out of Osimhen, as far as I'm concerned, you have to play that way because he's one of your three or four world-class players, I think, along, along with Fabian, along with Koulibaly, and that's, that's probably it, I would say, in terms of the world-class players for Napoli. Yeah. Uh, I have a question about – we, we didn't see Mertens once again. I know we're, we're running low on time, Patrick, and, I, and, and we'll get you out of here real quick. Um, we didn't see much of Mertens at all. Well, we didn't see Mertens at all this game. Do, do you think this is a, something to do with his form, his health, or is it just Spalletti not wanting to use him? I don't know. Spalletti's been told something from from upstairs. If it's the if it's the senior management, but it, it it is odd because no no we've never seen a Napoli coach leave Mertens out this much. Mm-hmm. You know he he would always come on for 25, 30 minutes even even when he's not the starting striker. But I think I've done several of Napoli's recent matches and and he's barely got on the pitch at all. We've yeah. we've very rarely seen him as an unused substitute. So you know it's, he's he's out of contract. So I mean. It's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, they've found a resolution to the Insigne one in January. Uh, we're still waiting to see what happens on Mertens. I think it would be a shame if he were to go, but I think they need to make a decision on this because it's only going to add speculation to the whole situation. And Napoli are still in the title race. You need clarity. You need everyone pulling in the same direction. Great. And and Mertens, because of his history with Napoli, the all-time leading goal scorer in the club's history, he deserves a good send-off and ideally with a trophy. So I think and unless he is, I'd be amazed if he's asked not to be involved for whatever reason. Um, that's the only thing I can think of is is perhaps that someone has made a request or Spalletti has decided, well, he's leaving at the end of the season anyway. We need to start planning without him. There, there are a number of different options. The player might say, OK, uh, I'm going to leave the club at the end of the season. I can't afford to sustain a long term injury at my age. Then I won't get a contract. I think he's 35 in May. Um, there's the senior management possibly saying, you know, and, and there's all sorts of contractual clauses that we're not party to. You know, maybe he's got a, a goal bonus or, or whatever it may be. You know, if he gets to 150 goals and he's not far away from that. So I don't really know. It's, it's hard to speculate on that. 
Mm. Um, I haven't done too much digging on it, I have to say. But um, yeah, it's definitely one that's that's raised a few eyebrows. But I, I suppose as long as Napoli are winning and Osimhen is scoring, but we saw Pitania hobble off. So yeah, now I was just going to mention that the, the, mm. we have to see the Pitania situation. Um, because if you know if Osimhen's going to need a rest, who else is going to go there? You know, it, it would be Mertens if Pertania is not available. Um, yeah. But we, I like what you mentioned about you know players that are adapting to the the style uh, for Osimhen, making sure Osimhen is fed properly and you know you know given the ball and and the the right way. A lot of our fans would argue that putting Mertens in at the number ten spot with Osimhen uh, is is possibly the answer and they're frustrated as to why that's not happening but you make a really good point i like to believe that you know it's 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 not mertens because he loves the city you know he yeah. not him saying I, I don't want to contribute so sit me you know um right. but something's up there for sure and mm -hmm. and uh you know it, it could also be you know we've seen him in the past few matches not regularly as much too but Maybe, you know, he just didn't feel the need to have Mertens in there. That's my opinion. But, you know, it, it's it's very worrying to the Napoli fan who loved Mertens, who said he would take zero money or, or not zero, yeah. but a lot less money to play. Um, really quickly, and then we'll let you go. Uh, sure. the, Scudetto, the, the Scudetto race, man. We, how can we not talk oh, about yeah. it? There's nine oh, matches yeah. left, ten for Inter. Uh, so many points still left to go. You see Inter not get a result or not the result they want. And the Interisti are panicking. The Scudetto's over. You see Napolitani after the loss last week say, "That's it. It's over." You know Milan are going to drop points eventually because, in my opinion, Patrick, one to four is going to drop points more than once the rest of the season. I believe. Um, what? Where are you with it? You know, I know I, I don't know where your heart lies. I think I might have an idea of where your heart lies. But where are you when it comes to realistic Scudetto uh, outcome? What, what do you think uh, is is ahead for these four teams here? Well, I've I've had into the whole the whole time. I have sure, to say, so have I. Yeah. <laughs> On the basis that I think of those four teams, I mean, I think Juventus have left themselves too much to do. But Juventus are the one team that scare the other three because of their history, uh, because of the fact Allegri's won six Scudetti, because they've done it in the past. You know, we all we all remember that that season when they won 15 games. I think it was oh, in a yeah. row. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they've they've been there and done it, but I think they've left themselves too much to do. All although their next two are Salernitana home and then Inter home. So you know, Milan go to Cagliari next, who are fighting for their lives. Um, and Venetti have a couple of games in hand on Cagliari. It's it's really tricky, to be honest. I, I had Inter on the basis that of those four, they were the only side I thought that could that could win games comfortably, whereby they can take a two or three or a four goal lead and then literally just coast the rest of the game, get their breather in already, get their key players off. Whereas I've seen a lot with Napoli. Napoli are defending well, got the best defence in the league. Milan are keeping clean sheets. But it's nail-biting stuff right until the mm -hmm. 90th minute. You know, you're hanging yeah. on, you're clinging on. And and however comfortable Napoli were against Veroni, you know, like I said, the one effort on target from Farioni or Milan not having too many efforts to repel from Empoli. When you only need one nil, psychologically, that is exhausting and it's draining. And this will have a cumulative effect. So I think Napoli and Milan, I had them as outsiders simply on that basis. Milan still having a very young squad. I know it's a cliche, but there's truth to it, you know. 
you guys know as well as me, N Naples and Neapolitan, Neapolitan culture is a culture of extremes, you know, it's dizzy highs, manic lows, for want of a better word, you know, so when you win, it's, it's absolute paradise. When you lose, it's the end of the world. And we saw that a little bit with the fallout to the Milan game. And I don't think, I don't think Napoli played that badly at all, which is why I did expect that knock-on effect and, and maybe Napoli to drop points at Verona. So the fact that Napoli won at Verona and they're only three points behind Milan, does bode well. I think you could you could literally throw a dart at this or you could toss a coin. It's sure it's impossible to say. I, I said a couple of weeks ago if I were a betting man, which I'm not, I'd put some money on Juventus just because I think there's some value there. Um because I think like you said, Rafa, I think all four of the teams will drop points, not even twice, I think three or four times to be honest. More than once, yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. Absolutely. So uh, watch yeah. this space. Keep tuning in is what I would say. And I'd love it if we went into the final day of the season with the three horse race. That would be incredible. Four, I think I it's going to be, it's gonna be close to that. That's uh, it's that's, one for I the ages. That. It's one yeah. for the ages. And and I'm just happy. I'm, you know, from the Napoli perspective, Patrick, I'm happy to be a part of it, whether we win mm. the Scudetto or not. And I know a lot of I'm going to get killed for this, too. I always do. Um, <laughs> our objective to me, our objective, especially with the Atalanta draw, our objective is is almost certainty yes. champions league um once we once we clinch that which could be soon um it's all you know it's full speed ahead to the scudetto for me and if we don't win the scudetto as long as we're a part of it you know we're in the conversation after the two seasons that we've had i'm happy um but of course i want to wear that scudetto patch next season i want one word from our final question and then we can let you go okay inter inter torino penalty or no yeah i didn't watch the game live i've only seen the footage it looks a penalty to me yeah can't can't deny that, can't <laughs> deny that. i don't know where var was on that but whatever man whatever <laughs> um but ralph unless you have anything else we can let patrick I'm go because he's got to go do lazio venezia venezia right lazio venezia, okay. lazio yeah. venezia. it'll be it, patrick it'll be on at my barbershop i can guarantee it's you good that. stuff glad to hear it there'll be goals look out for chido Let's, let's, ah, let's, good. Yeah. Well, we let's, need him. We need him. I'm with we Patrick him. on there. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. A couple need, of weeks we from him. now. Couple in of weeks. Palermo. We need him. Yeah. Yes, sir. Cheers, guys. Right, Always Patrick. a pleasure. Ciao, All ciao. Right, Thank you so much. Bye, bye.